Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to the newest edition of Three In, Three Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast in the multiverse. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Come on out and find me on Twitter at Clinton Bond. Give a follow, would you? And of course, I am joined by the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz and find him out on Twitter at Seahawkers Pod. And uh, as as I think folks know, we're, we're out there doing some more live videos, of course, as well. So come on out and join us there as well. And, and Brandon, so I, I took a trip to Arizona. I ended up watching the, uh, the Super Bowl out in Arizona. Went, I went to the Waste Management uh, PGA Tournament, which was a lot of fun to be around just to, of course, I wasn't playing golf, just to kind of uh, be around 80 degree weather and beautiful golf courses out in Scottsdale. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Is that the uh, one that's talk- notorious for being a party uh, yes. tournament? Yeah. So yeah. there was uh, that, that whole 16th hole is like the Thunderdome par three where like it's a big horseshoe of just stacked on stacked on stacked people and partying. So ton of fun. And then there was two hole in ones that people are like raining down beer. Like it's an octopus <laughs> in Detroit or a hat trick. So yeah, a lot, lot of, uh, they call it the wasted management as a, as a, a little, little plan. Where's there? But a ton of fun. Very. Uh, if anybody's out there and it's easy get for you in Arizona or you're close to, certainly I've never been to a PGA tournament. So if I'm going to go to one, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, right? So I went to went to the big one. It was fun to get out of town for a few days, and and then do the I, Masters next, and then and then you'll have both types of of golf um, experiences. Every everything's in between, right? I think so. I mean, literally and, and figuratively too. And, you know, we didn't get to touch on the Super Bowl yet, you and I. So, I, you know, I wanted to just uh, touch base on that very quickly. But today's topic, Brandon, all the Clint Hurt news, but then also the surrounding factors of these, uh, you know, what I think is kind of like lucking into and breaking into this young crop of, of defensive coaches that I'm fired up about. And today we're going to talk about, hey, if you had to take three Seahawks that like are your absolute must-haves, given that this is now Clint Hurts' defense, well, we're going to go into those three-in-three-out style. And you know, no outs this time, just three folks you want, three folks I want. We'll figure out the rest. But it's going to be a good time, Brandon. So I'm excited to talk, probably the most excited I've been to talk Seahawks football at this time of year. I would say probably in three or four years. How about you? Well, it's this offseason. It just it feels so much more important of an offseason than it has in past seasons, just because, I mean, you're getting toward the tail end of the the Russell Wilson career. You know, he's in his mid 30s. So you have probably three, four prime years left. And then obviously rolling it back with Pete Carroll. You're rolling it back with the Shane Waldron offense. So this change with Clint Hurt. You know, how much of an impact is it going to have? It's going to be determined. But I liked what I heard from him when I I hear about him talking about being aggressive. And so I know that's going to play into, I think, the types of players that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, I think so. I think so as well. And, you know, when you when you when you laid out the math there about Russ, I was getting a little sad. (laughs) I was like, I was like, man. And I'm like trying to justify it like or like not justify what you said. But then I'm like, well, Rogers is 30. I'm like, well, that's about yeah. five years. Like, you know, and if he's still playing as well as Russ can play five years on, and at some point you, you do hit some, some sort of a wall. But I do have a belief that the modern athlete, you know, even, even, even rewind the clock 10 or 15 years ago, um, certainly 20 years ago, they're just different now. Oh, the, for sure. The way, the way they train, the way they keep in shape and, and the way like they literally evolve their body to kind of 
fit where they are at at their their time, you know, their time and space. Um, and so, I, I, and I definitely think Russ will be one of those types that's like gets the most out of the gas in the tank, you know, like just figures it out. So if he's 37 and has to drop 15 pounds to get there to kind of still have the level of quickness that he wants and, and the and everything else for his game. I kind of feel like he's going to do the things he has to go do uh, because modern athletes like Russ with that mindset, that that's what they tend to do. Um, unlike Rogers, who just like, he just like, ages like every year is like 10 years for that guy. It's like, it's like watching <laughs> intergalactic, right? He's a, uh, Oh, interstellar. I should say intergalactic would be fun, but watching interstellar where, you know, he's away and everybody else on earth is like aging a thousand years. Only he's the people on earth. Cause he's, he looks terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I I think that uh, apart from well, see, there's there's Rogers there. I think Tom Brady ruined it for everybody playing till 44 is also kind of crazy. Like, I I don't know if a ton of guys maybe Russ makes it to 44 and it's great. And he's at the top of his game still at 44. Whatever you got to do, Russ, to make it to that point. That's fine with me. As long as it's still with the Seahawks and playing great football, I'll take all the years. Yeah, every every year he wants to play. I don't care if he looks like uh Oh, geez. What's what's his name? What is Apollo Creed's name in Happy Gilmore? Chubbs. Even if he looks like Chubbs, Chubbs. even if he has a wooden hand, I don't care if he can still hug the thing. Who cares? Uh, even if he's looking like Chubbs at that point, that's OK. That's I mean, okay. Hey, maybe just, with Aaron Donald out of the league, we don't have to worry about him being Chubbs with a wooden hand. He'll just be. Yeah, uh, I heard lots it, of things. McVay retired. Whitworth retired. Uh, you know, Donald's going to they're all going to retire. All the Rams are retiring. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and Russ is on the Eagles and Russ is on, you know, the Browns, right? Every other team except for the Seahawks, which is just. Oh, wait, just, why did it lap. turn this way? It turned from good news of, of the Rams dudes retiring to Russ not being on the team anymore. Wait, well, why did you do that? Because it's all kind of, a, you know, all, all a facade like those. I don't think that many of those dudes are retiring. Maybe Whitworth. Did Whitworth Oh, Whitworth is yet? for sure retiring. He did. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, you know what? Go out on top. Great career. Uh, spinning it back to the Rams real quick. I'm going to say something that's probably going to be a little controversial. I watched the game. I wanted I wanted the Bengals to win really, really badly. The game That's not ended. controversial at all. Yeah, I think we all wanted yeah, right. the Bengals to not, win really not badly. Yet. And then when the game was over, I was like, all right. I, I, to me, I was like, you've got to tip your hat to the Rams. Like, and specifically the GM. Like, yeah. you just have to. Like, how yeah. could you not? No, you I understand to. the conspiracies, the lamp conspiracies. I get it all. I know things fell their way, but every big move they made freaking worked. So, it works. You know, and, you know, when you get seven shots, it's going to touchdown at the end of the game. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if the GM had anything to do with that, but maybe he did. We, I, maybe we he don't did. know. Maybe he greased the skids a little bit. No, I mean, that, that, yeah, that, that you got to love when refs call a good game until they don't uh -huh. and then really insert themselves in it. So it was a, a shameful way to, to end the game. But the big strokes they made, you know, it's like, it sucks. I hate that they won. I could tip the cap and we go back out there and just, Take them down next year, and, and and it's and that and that brings us to today's today's topic of, of Clint Hurt. So I scoured the interwebs for different uh, different conversations and li listening and having different reactions of of his of his press conference, and and like you, Brandon, I was like, really, I know their words, and I know it's February, so and I'm old enough to not just dive in and fall in love, right? Go head over heels. However. I'm, I'm like partially in love. I, I love, I love what I heard for sure. Right. Um, you know, I love you. You talked about the word aggressive. He said that I think six or seven times in, in a fairly short conference. Right. Talk about the word. We're going to be less zony. 
<laughs> I I like to hear those things. We talked, you know, the, we're not going to drop back. Puna's not going to drop back in coverage. Yeah. Right? No, no they, Puna Ford those... in coverage. Sign me up for Clint Hurt. Although, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I mean, literally any other defensive coordinator, that's probably what you're, I would hope that we would be getting. Yeah. And again, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they will do a little bit of that. But if we can get out of playing so much zone, and, we'll, and I think we'll talk about this more as we go through our, our three players that we're really kind of like saying, hey, Seattle's got to either this guy's got to step up in this system or Seattle has to fill this 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 hole that might be there and we'll, we'll get through it. Um, it just feels very effervescent right now, which for a 7-10 and 10 team with a coach who maybe 50% or 55% of the fan base, one way or the other, likes or dislikes and thinks it's time to go in Pete Carroll, I- I'm rejuvenated. I'm like ready to, to drink from the hose and be like, all right, hey, combines are in early friggin', friggin' March. The draft is in April or May and let's go. Let's get, let's get this thing. Let's get this thing going again. So, so why don't we get going with the conversation, Brandon? I'll defer to you, right? So the topic for the day, pretty simple one is, all right, we got Clint Hurt. He's coming on in. We're going to pick three Seahawks each. Why don't we just, you know, go back and forth and volley it that we have got to either retain or the person you, you feel like they've got to step up knowing what you now know about what Clint Hurt's going to bring to the defense. Yeah, when I think of the guy that I'm most interested and excited about for 2022 as being maybe a focal point or being a guy who can who can really make the defense for the Seahawks next year, uh, the guy that I think of is Daryl Taylor on the defensive line because a, aggressive dude, a guy who gets after the quarterback. The, the thing that's going to change this defense is having someone on the defensive line that other teams have to be concerned about. I, we just we just got done talking about Aaron Donald for, uh, you know, eleven hundred hours and I'm tired of it. I want Daryl Taylor <laughs> to be that guy. Uh, Donald could retire or not. I, I still I want a Seahawks player and of the guys on the defensive line. Daryl Taylor has to be that guy. And and coming into what is what is his sophomore season really third year we we, we know the we know the math and how it works there he's he was very exciting he and he showed out like so many different traits where towards the end of the year it's like he's just showing these different moves right and and his ability to get after it it seems pretty sincere so I'm very hopeful that in this scheme that's going to be uh, I don't know if it's going to be hybridish but from what I've read in you know read in here it's like. Yep, there'll still be some some base, but there's going to be this this influence and blending of three four, where you can get a dude like Taylor out there and just freaking kind of set him free, let let him let him go after it. I think he's got all the skills, man. We talked about his comparison a couple of times now to like Frank Clark, Clark being a little bit big bigger essentially, maybe a little bit stronger, maybe, but the 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 skill sets seem quite similar. As you know, I was a huge Frank Frank Clark fan. I still to this day, don't specifically uh, love the trade, although I know it. You know, I know it matriculated in some some good things. I believe DK Metcalf was actually part of that when it all when it all shook out the way we moved back up. So it, it all did work. But yeah, we just we we absolutely need that dude that somebody else has to game plan against and somebody else will fear. Um, and it's and maybe it's Taylor. Maybe it's Taylor. And I, I think it's I think it's a cool choice. Did you have a different number so, one? I so it's like. I have three here. I'm not sure I'd put them in like draft order. Okay. Um, so much as like they're all here and I think they all matter. But the first one I'm going to go to, one of the things that um, I heard on, it has been really cool to listen to different folks. Like, you know, I always love to give, give some love to the, uh, 
Seahawks Nest podcast. It was good to hear if you, if you go back and listen to their recap of it. Kevin does a very cool job of you know, getting into just enough of the X's and O's as to why, why this ship will matter and what it will do. And actually, Corbin Smith also on Locked On, they've done a nice job this week really getting into some of the, some of the nuances of, of what we could expect. So I've been kind of marinating in that stuff. One of the things, one of the nuggets I pulled out of listening to those guys was, hey, in the, in the, uh, the Fangio tree, they play a heck of a lot, a heck of a lot more man defense. It's just part of what they do. And looking back on our stats last year, what I heard was that we were 31st in the league in like, you know, percentage of man. Mm. I was like, oh, Jesus. That's, I, I know we have a scheme. I get it. But 31st. And then you think back of all the times that people are just dinking and dunking and dinking and dunking. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So the, the name that kind of crept to the top for me, there are some players I'd love to have re-signed. But a dude that I want to see, number one, has got to get healthy and then play really well is going to be Trey Brown. Like to me, having, because if we're going to be playing a lot more man or at least significantly more man than we played last year, let's say we get to like middle of the pack with the NFL, that would be a lot more percentage wise, probably playing, playing man. And Trey Brown showed how sticky he could be as a corner. Like you could do it, put him out there, put him out there versus a one or a two and he could hold his own. So his ability to come back healthy and then be put kind of into the fire again and play a lot of man defense. I was like circling that name being like, hmm, it's going to be very interesting to see when it comes to August. Like, what is the health report on Trey Brown? Is he behind the curve? Is he right there? Is he ahead of the curve? And I think that's going to have a big impact on how we come out of the gate next year. Interestingly, I, I feel the most confident when I think of the corners that could be with the team next year, whether it's Sidney Jones, DJ Reed, well, we know Trey Brown's going to be back because he's under contract of the three. But of those three, I'd say he's the one I'm most confident of being able to play man defense more than. And just because, like you said, with, with being 31st in the league, I haven't seen a ton of man defense from DJ Reed or Sidney Jones. So I would actually be curious to know which one of them rates out better than the other. I don't know either yet. I feel like Reed absolutely can do it. And, you know, Jones, Jones played well, all, all things considered. I came in, uh, just played good, played good football. Um, I think Reed can, can do it. He yeah. just, to me, seems to have the skill set. But which but one could do about, it better and which one could do it for less? <laughs> yeah, that's, and well, that, that might be Trey Brown. Well, you know, Reed's going to cost. Reed's going to, Reed's going to get his, you know, there's, there's, to me, there's always that one team. I don't know if he's going to get Shaq Griffin kind of money. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. You know, I, I, I think he probably maybe deserves it, but I also know his, his NFL profile isn't what Shaq Griffin's is, like literal right. size, you know, size, size profile. And that might matter coming, at, coming into this like next contract. So. And as Jason Turner points out too, we, we, might be, we might be talking about drafting a cornerback in this draft that, gosh, Sidney Jones may be gone too. Reed may be gone. We might be talking yep. about having to pair another young corner with Trey Brown. Well, if there's one thing we've been successful, mostly successful at doing, it's manipulating the, the you know, the, the cornerbacks and the DBs. It's, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of Carol's thing, right? So uh, in Carol, we got to trust there. I hope we get, I hope we get Reed back. It sounded like Clint Hurt specifically named him by name and said, yeah, we need these dudes back. And he was one of the dudes he was talking about. 
All right. Well, I will go to the next guy on my list, and I, I don't think we can go too much longer without talking about Jamal Adams, because if if I'm you know, one of the guys who immediately comes to mind when you think of playing aggressive defense, you think back to two years ago, it, Jamal Adams, nine and a half sacks on the defense. Can Clint hurt? And and he talked about it and trying to find a way and, and talking about the important piece that is Jamal and how it is up to him to really figure out how to use him well. Um, I didn't feel that confident that they did that this past season. Now, when you bring back a coach who's been there and you still have Pete Carroll, I, you know, how could these guys not be in the same room and figure out how to use Jamal this season the way they did two seasons ago? But again, they're the same guys. So why make that shift? How much did Ken Norton Jr. have to deal or have to do with this shift in Jamal going from a nine and a half sack guy to a zero sack guy? That's going to be a a big piece for them to figure out. But when I think about being aggressive and turning over the football, I think Jamal can play a really big part of that, whether or not, I mean, he's not a big interception guy, but I think he can be the guy to to force those types of turnovers, Uh, especially, you know, if you're, if you're putting pressure on the quarterback and making him get rid of it early. And then you have some guys who are playing defense, other guys that I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about maybe being important as well, but he has to be a big piece of this. A absolutely right. That's, that was, I knew he'd be one of the six we talked about and, and it's, it's great. It's great that he's out there. The thing for me is like, Hey, you listen to Clint hurts words. I'm hopefully he doesn't seem like a dude who mints his words, right? He's not out there. He's not like aloof. He's not just throwing, throwing things around, throwing barbs for no reason. He seems to use his words pretty, pretty seriously, which is great while, while having a, a pretty great, uh, seem, seemingly media personality too, a good mix there. He used the word aggressive. And if you have a piece like Jamal Adams and you saw what he did with the Jets, you gave up the capital you gave. And then, by the way, in the first year, you let him do a lot of that stuff. And he got the nine and a half sacks. Um, you know, it's just it's, it's like a little let my people go type thing, man. Like, let let Jamal be that catalyst, because that's that's where he is best, in my opinion. And people are like, oh, you paid you overpaid for a box safety. Who cares about well, what he's we on the team point? now? You got to figure out it's, how to use him. <laughs> doesn't matter it just it you know it, it doesn't matter so bring bring him into the box let let him just cause all sorts of havoc and with the with the different formations that we could be running out there it just it, it seems to me like um it, it hopefully could be a, a bit of a rebirth year where last year was a bit of a scratch between under usage or used weirdly very very conservatively right it's like why is he the guy back there is like the, the the safety that can't get beat it's like man do something else with him. Bring him to the line for the tackles for the loss. Unload him. Let, let him get after the quarterback. And just that's how you disrupt dudes like Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and, and, and these elite quarterbacks is you get them uncomfortable. Adams is a player that can get quarterbacks uncomfortable very, very quickly and multiple times a game. So let's do that. So I, I hope when we hear the word aggressive from Clint Hurt that it just kind of comes with naturally. Yeah, Jamal's going to be allowed to go do Jamal things. We're going to scheme so that he has opportunities to go do things that very few players on earth could actually do the way he does. So, so I love that, man. Who do you got next on your on your list here? I so I'm going to go. I'm going to go to to uh, a basic infatuation. So when I say the word infatuation and Seahawks. You probably know where I'm going. So 
when we when we think about does the, the man the, have have uh, thighs for arms? He does. He does. <laughs> right. He's got the he's got these beautiful eyes, too. He's got in the thigh arms himself. And when we look at like going to a, a three, four. Now, he isn't we're talking about Al Woods. He's an unrestricted free agent. I think he was what 35 this past season. Yeah. I, you know, he's mid 30s. Um, and I think it means less when you're down the trenches and, and you're, you know, type you see of, those guys type play into their late 30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So he's so he's mid 30s. He had a great season, probably probably the best season that I've seen of him, you know, as, as a Seahawk. And he's been a good Seahawk. This was his most consistent best season. The rotation with, with Monet, Ford and, and Woods really, hey, it was a good run defense. Like slice every other thing you want about how the defense Got you know ticky tack down the field and and how he probably probably did play too much zone. We didn't generate that much pressure. All those things are real things. And I would love to find a defensive tackle. Of course, everybody would right find a defensive tackle that can also put more pressure on the quarterback. That's kind of the Goldilocks or the White Stag of Narnia. But for playing more three four, that legit gigantic body in the middle of things just just so. If you do your job and you've got four skilled guys behind you or, you know, flanked to you now, it's just a little bit of a different ball game. So I, I really want to see Al Woods resign, hopefully somewhere like in a whatever category it is, three, three million, four million, whatever that is, that's like comfortable for him, makes sense for the Seahawks and just let him go do Al Woods things again. Like get that. It's like a rook in chess. You don't want to lose your rook. Sure. It might take a little while to get your rook out into, into the field. And then when you do, it's a really powerful piece that you're going to miss if you don't have them. So we need our rook. We need, we need and, and by the way, a rook kind of looks like a giant tree trunk. So go figure. <laughs> just, just like thigh arms. Yep. <laughs> I, I do think that he has that, that capability to be that piece. They always seem to find guys, though, that can, can kind of fill that role. I don't know what you do to, to you know, how much you pay to, to bring a guy like Al Woods back. I'm sure he's not in a huge demand, especially considering his age and considering that that defensive tackle position. He's not the pass rushing type of guy. So, yeah, I, I could see them bringing him back and, and being an important guy. But when I think of a guy on the defensive line that is going to be critical to the success of the Clint Hurt defense and really. I think the move to bring Clint Hurt back and to make him defensive coordinator, the the guy that I see him maybe impacting the most, and he may, maybe even a guy who would have been out the door if not for Hurt getting the job, Carlos Dunlap. Just mm. listening to him toward the middle of the season and the yeah. way he was oh, yeah. talking, it sounded like a guy who is ready to be done because he was one of those guys that was being dropped back into coverage. And one of the things, gosh, I've listened to Quandre Diggs talk this offseason. I've, I've heard some of the other Seahawks defenders talk in this offseason. And it, everybody is talking about essentially doing what they do best. And, you know, the, the coded language to me that I was hearing is that uh, they were tired of guys dropping back into coverage, too. And so I, I don't see that as a strength for Dunlap. Why have him do it? Let the dude be unleashed. And he's still under contract for the next season. And I think that pairing, he obviously we saw how he was toward this tail end of the season. He's not washed up. So bring him back and pair him with Daryl Taylor. And I think that uh, that pairing itself, now you're going to need some more guys, but to have those be your two, you know, anchor guys on the defensive ends, I, I'd be okay with that. I, I love the point. And, and 
what comes up for me is just like the end of the year when they just, you know, they went back to giving him the, the, the percentage of snaps that he probably needs. And we talked about this, that people are like, oh, he didn't get them all year. Actually, he kind of did. Like the beginning of the year, he had a lot of snaps. Then there was this doldrums in the middle where he was down to like some games with like 14 snaps. It was like, what the hell are they doing with Dunlap? Like, what, and, what, what you know, if you think this? about it, though, how were they using him when they were right. giving him a, a lot of snaps early on in the season? We did see him right. dropping back into coverage. And so, oh, a ton. yeah, I, I think that that made him a lot less effective. I think he probably got frustrated and that led to him getting fewer snaps. And then, you know, I I would feel so much better about this Clint Hurt higher, though, if I knew that it was him like mid-season making that change and saying, you know, we got to stop doing it this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, just, just he just like, you know, finds Pete, like, you know, whatever. Like, next the next year and all over, like, like hey, coach. <laughs> hey, coach, we got to cut the crap. Like, we've got to stop with, but, you know, but that the zone stuff still persisted. Hey, you go back. I mean, I don't want to go to negative town, but you go back and look at the quarterbacks we, we faced this last season. I know that we lost our quarterback for a while, but the, quarterbacks we faced we got softies we got replacement guys we got guys off of injury we we got lucky uh time time and time again of like not getting the qb1 and um we still ended up with the record we ended up with so that so i'm, I'm out of negative town and back to positive town for you so here's here's my third guy i absolutely love the fact that dunlap is under contract it's like hey he's side sealed delivered he's seemingly probably happier because i can only imagine being like just scratching your head as a guy like Dunlap, who is, you know, Dunlap is, is a extremely good NFL player so much so that if he has, if he has like a real sprint to the finish and captures a Super Bowl, you're actually looking at Dunlap stats and be like, is he a borderline hall of famer? Like if he plays, let's say three more really good years and racks up those sack stats, he'll, he'll be in the discussion for the hall of fame at some point. He may not get in, but he's going to be nominated. That's that's the kind of player we're talking about, Dunlap. So yeah, let it letting him kind of have that runway to be like, yeah, I've got a path here to finish my career really strong in Seattle feels really good. With Taylor and Dunlap, my third my third thing that I'm like we have to have is somebody who's not on the Seahawks yet. Mm. It's like for me, my third is this mystery man question mark where I'm like, I really want to see us go get an alpha D end. And I want you to tell me, who do you want and why is he not Chandler Jones? <laughs> yeah, that would, well, Chandler Jones would be a good one in terms of hurting a, a rival and helping you. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like he would just sack Russ and practice a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Von Miller would be another one of those guys that I would, I would love to have, even though he's getting up there in years, but uh, he can be a very impactful player. I don't know. I, I just wonder for the cost that I, I would rather see that money spent at one of the tackle spots on the offensive line rather than uh, the kind of money that Chandler Jones is going to get at this point of his career. That's that's where my mind goes to immediately. Maybe you could talk me into it otherwise, but that's where I'm at. Well, and I, I don't want Chandler Jones for the record. Like, I feel like Chan Chandler Jones is like super streaky gets a lot of his stuff against us, which if you're playing for us, you, you can't get those sacks anymore. It's just how football works. And I don't think he's particularly great against the run from, you know, what I've, what I've absorbed, you know, and, and observed. 
And again, a dude who's probably going to head, head to Canton at some point because his sack numbers are what they are. And sacks are the home runs of, of, uh, of football. Which right? is why, so I mean, it is it, talking about Carlos Dunlap, uh, he's four away from 100. And it used to right. be, you know, once that's you're that, hitting triple a, digits, is, yeah, you're in consideration. He's never been kind of that exactly. all-pro type guy. But yeah, he has the numbers to be considered among that group. Yeah, yeah, he could end up in like the uh, Raphael Palmero, you know, com- quote unquote compiler. I always love that. Like, all right, Palmero maybe got busted with with steroids. He gets lumped in with the Sosas and everything else. So all of a sudden he's washed away. It's like, oh, he won't make it. But you know, it's like, oh, he was a compiler. It's like you know what a com- you know what it means to compile. Yeah. Like, Frank, like Frank and- Gore is a compiler. Compi- yeah. yeah, it means you were really good for a long, 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 long Curtis time. Curtis Martin, the so compiler. Were, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So compiling's not a negative. I, I hate when that's used as a negative against a sports guy. It's like, oh, so he had a long, healthy career and was mainly really good throughout it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But anyway, for me, man, Brandon, like to bring it back to close that part out, I understand the idea. Hey, we don't have all the money in the world. You can't spend it everywhere. So where do you want to spend the money? You want to go get the left tackle. I, I would, let's put it this way. I would be happier, I think, as opposed to like blowing a big load on, on um, you know, the, the top left tackle out there, top one or two. If we got Dwayne Brown back for another year at left tackle and like just try to figure that out somewhere else, but get him back at, at a good rate for both sides and then take some of that money and, and figure it out and put it into an alpha defensive end and, and find a way there. And it may, maybe it's a dude who is a free agent. Maybe it's a dude on a team that is going to be salary cap pinched because we're, we're, we're on the opposite end of that. You know, uh, the name uh, Daniil Hunter came up on the Locked On uh, podcast. I was like, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, a guy like that's still pretty young and they, they're in some cap hell. They're, they're going into some cap hell. So they may have to cut a dude like that. Obviously, speculation. He's still on, on a team. But I, I don't want to go into the year with like, Without that alpha guy, uh, I think we have two very good edges with what we have. And I'm, I'm a little fearful that it, it still might not be enough to kind of get it, be that disruptor. Unless what you said, by the way, you bring Jamal Adams up, you let him be that other cog in there, right. that, that the combination is like, as, is as if you had a true, you know, a true alpha DE because of the things that Jamal could do that are really special. So that, that could be part of the equation too. I, I, I think they could figure out a way. And Sam Kirk from YouTube, he, thank you for the super chat too, Sam. Uh, he also comes in and says, Oh, cool. Thanks. I want to, I want them to have true competition. Like when Russell outplayed Matt Flynn, if a young guy, uh, are outplays a vet, he should start. That's what's missing from the Hawks. Always compete even from within. And yeah, I, I think that's a, a great idea to have, especially going into these, you know, with the Clint hurt defense, because I, I do feel like in a way with uh, that, that may have been Ken Norton's kind of thinking. It, it seemed like he always deferred to veteran players as opposed to younger players. And it, it bothered me a little bit, especially, gosh, you think back to Puna in his rookie season. We got to the end of the year. And it's like, oh, we should have played Puna more. It just seems like we're always mm-hmm. getting to the end of the year. And then you hear Pete saying, gosh, I wish we would have used this guy on the defensive side more. And I don't want it to be that way. I want him to recognize the guys with talent in the middle of the season, play those guys more. And yeah, if a veteran has to take off some snaps, that's that's just part of the gig. And recognize the competition, which is what Pete Carroll has been preaching. 
and and I realize there's not a, a pile of Micah Parsons just sitting around. Right? No, that we're going to get it, at least two Micah Parsons in the draft this year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and, and though, to your point, like, yeah, yeah. If you that and those those are the positions. I feel like the edge positions that if we're doing more three four, um, you can put in. I feel like I feel like you could put in some younger dudes sooner. I don't. I it just that's just kind of a sense I get as opposed to a straight up base where they, they you have to be like so sound and knowing the playbook and doing what you're doing versus a position like the end where, where maybe, maybe we, you know, find a way, maybe we have a, a high second round pick. This is supposed to be a defensive draft. I know we'll talk about draft later, but can we find a dude that we, we are cool with putting out there? Maybe, maybe in that high second round and let him just go after, let him just go after it. And and see you know see what he could stir up, but it'll be interesting. It's going to be a, a cool process to watch. Watch our Hawks get through this in this off season. I'm definitely fired up that we you know it, it at first it didn't feel like we got anything new, and you know Adam had that awesome uh, you know one take rent from from the from the car that he put out on YouTube, which which was awesome. And and he had me he had me drinking his Kool Aid because I'm like yeah man this is just that's I'm I'm pissed off too. It's it's just an internal hire. It's just like a little matriculation and, and okay you spent your time here clint so now you're the next man up and um hopefully from the words we're hearing now now it's about time to put them into action but from the words we're hearing from him he's talking about full autonomy and and just running this defense in, in a different more aggressive fashion so i think it all comes down to that it's like will the action meet the words from clint hurt um i'm bullish they will and and when they do we were like a pretty okay defense last year Pretty okay. Some of the, yeah, some of the numbers. I, I want we're, we're, I want a pretty great defense rather than a pretty okay one. But I I think we did see it. And see, this is where I get back to, uh, and I can understand the frustration around people who may be frustrated by the Clint Hurt hire. I know uh, where when have we seen a guy move up into that spot from within and have success? It hasn't really, we haven't really been seeing it. it you, normally, that's what you want, though. You want the guys that are coming up, growing with the system, can, you know, fill in seamlessly, and you can continue to be great as your other guys who are great go on to head coaching type jobs. That hasn't happened. And I would feel a whole lot better if it was halfway through the season, Ken Norton Jr. getting a public demotion, which I know it's, some, it's something that Pete Carroll wouldn't do. But then you well, you called you call for it, though. You call for it over and over again. You're like, let's just let's cut the ties now. Cut the ties. Like, well, and like that's we, what would make me feel better about this move. Cut If you know you're getting rid of Norton Jr. at the end of the season, cut him in the middle of the season. You move up Clint Hurt because he's already on the team. Let him be the interim guy for half the season. And then at the end of the year, you go, oh, hey, we turned around for these last eight weeks. And that was a big part of it. So now we have our guy. I, there's no question about it. And, you know, maybe they did that internally somehow. That's tough to know unless it comes out publicly and is reported on then, uh, but it wasn't. So I have to assume that it, that it didn't happen. Yeah. I, I, I think it's just, I, I think you're right about Pete loyalty and, and there's, there's probably a lot of good things that go along with that uh, about like, and I don't mean like the, the act of axing a guy in the middle, middle of the year, like if it was good for the team, then, then it would have been the right move. However, there's probably some other, other things about, about culture that, that, that stick with Pete that he's like, I'm not going to do him that way right. in the middle of the year. And that's okay. That's okay too. Um, but like you said, we're going to have this cloud 
over what is this really going to look like? Because you know what you know what you get in the preseason. Well, the, the problem with the Seahawks the last couple of years is what you get in the preseason was kind of what we got on defense, just base, just basic, very very basic vanilla defenses, which which we got we got pulled apart. And I and I realize there's a lot more nuance there, and 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 that Norton was was trying to do some some different things, but ultimately it was four years of pretty pretty bland pretty bland defense. So that's the big thing, Brandon. Is like, can we can we be a much more excitable defense? Yeah. Can we have dudes flying around the field? Because I kind of feel like we have the we have the horses to do it. I know we've got some talent there. Now we didn't mention Quandre Diggs once in the six. Um, for me, he was almost like a, a free square. You know, it's like, if you want to use Jamal Adams the way that you and I and others, and sounds like Clint Hurt want to use him, well, then you better pony up for Quandre Diggs. Because if you have one safety who is really that hybrid, that hybrid player, you, you better have another safety back there that you absolutely trust. And Quandre Diggs has done nothing but earn that and then some in, in his in his two years in Seattle. So that's like to me it was like that the free square and bingo are like, I'm not even gonna mention Quadra Diggs. If you did, we could talk about it. But at the at the end of it though, I kind of want to say like he's a bit of a keystone. Like if he's not there, some of these other things might not matter if we don't have a second safety that we really trust. And about. really specifically to Clint Hurt and the style of defense, I, I don't know if the, it, it differentiates from what they did before to what they did now. I don't see him as ramping up on the aggressiveness side, although, you know, he's he's been that guy in the back. We also didn't talk about any offensive players. You know, I had I had an offensive player locked and loaded of of who would be impactful to the Clint Hurt defense that uh, that we never got to. Was it was it Rashad Penny? It was Rashad Penny. Yeah, I you know it was something actually when we when we decided on this topic, I was like, do I be you know very 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 sneaky and, and put and put like an offensive lineman on there and make the argument that hey the best way to you know help Clint Hurd out is to keep keep the friggin' ball and not have a horrible time of possession and get rid of these three and outs right? I'm sure you were probably vibing on the same uh, on the same wavelength and I, and there. I so just, we, I, I wanted to throw out Rashad Penny's name with you. Sure, sure. Listen, I am, I am, I'm not, I'm no longer bitter about Rashad Penny. If Rashad Penny, if he goes off and gets a seven million dollar a year contract from the Jaguars, then you know, God, God bless, go make your money. If he could sign with Seattle for a two year deal, that that's sensible. Okay, let's see what you could do. Um, I, and I'm also okay with using some draft capital, high, you know, even fairly high draft capital on on a young on a, on a young running back. Who could come in and compete? And like that's also a position, by the way, that I feel strongly. You got Carson with a neck injury. We don't know about Penny's Penny's future. You you might want to roll some dice in in the draft, second or third round, if the right dude is there, right? I mean, think about the right dude being like Jonathan Taylor fell to the freaking second round. Yep. Nick Chubb fell to the second round. We're talking, you know, there are dudes like that that fall because the position is undervalued in that way. Okay, we get a we get a chance at one of the, like the top three or four guys. I'm I'm not gonna be mad at that. I know we have other needs, but but to your point, we could run the ball successfully if we're, if we're not gonna resign Penny. That helps. That that's that's how we win. We talk about that all the time. About like we're not a team gonna go throw the ball 45 times a game. We should not go do that. It's not a recipe for winning football games long term. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a fun. Hey, it's only February. We're in mid-February. We got lots of ground to cover. We'll get to the draft. We got draft. Else. We got free agency. 
I really want to thank everybody who tuned in today. If you want to become a member of the flock, you can go to getintheflock.com. And uh, I know everybody who was a part of that got notified here before we went live. So that way you could be a part of this as we go live, be part of the chat and uh, really thank everybody who were, who was coming in with comments. And uh, even if we didn't get to put you up on the screen, we saw them really appreciate you coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And Hey, back to Sam, you said it earlier, but you know, flying a super chat our way. All right. Hey, thank you, Sam. That's, that is mighty kind of you. So we'll take it. We appreciate that. And, uh, and we look forward to doing more vids, right? We talked about this, more video, more pods, more, just more content as we get ramped in, into the 2022 season. And why not? The more we get to talk about Seattle Seahawks football, it brings me joy. And, and I hope, I hope it does for folks out there too. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to say, go Hawks, go Hawks.